everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. Come on a journey with us to find the right tools to grow your retail capabilities with our new digital series from The Tease. Our goal is to help take your base wherever you're at and make your own custom formula for retail success with practical advice, retail experts, and boots on the ground specialists. Listen to Talk Retail to Me, a Tease Talks mini series in this feed once a month. So we record this pod a couple days before it goes live. Mm-hmm. But as we're listening today, as you're listening today, the Grammys will have happened. Yes. There will be hair. There will be... Luke's. Makeup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be covering all of them on thetease.com by the time you're listening to this. So with any luck, there's some noteworthy styles, let's hope. Right? Indeed. I feel like the Grammys, people bring it generally. They do. It's a good time. We're here for it. Yeah. So there, (laughs) you know, what's new in the news, Allure.com noted that Flora and Noor is the first halal skincare brand to be sold at Ulta Beauty. And that sparked some interest for me. There is a severe lack of halal certified beauty products in the United States, said founder Jordan Karim. And that is why she started her own brand. What do you know about this, Jeff? I mean, truthfully, it had not occurred to me mm-hmm. that beauty products would need to be halal certified, but it makes total sense. Um, and the article actually covers that, where it's like two non-Islamic folks wouldn't consider, um, but it's not necessarily the same as being vegan or cruelty-free. Um, there are a number of ingredients that cannot be within halal beauty products. Those include alcohol and animal-derived product, but there are some that are okay. So like mm-hmm. beeswax and honey makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I think that it's so cool that this has happened. So kudos to Ulta for bringing this into their shelves and Agree. their .com. And yeah, maybe this means that there will be more such halal certified beauty products to come. But kudos to the brand. I love it. And wishing you much success. Mm-hmm. On our last episode, we talked with Kasha Barbo, a DIY hair content creator and influencer on Instagram. She is so lovely. Uh, She is a self-taught DIY hair and beauty content creator and not a professional stylist, but that hasn't stopped her from sharing her passion for hair with the world. She shares her knowledge and skills through creative and informative videos, tutorials, and photos. From braids to voluminous pixie styles, Tasha offers a wide range of hair inspiration and tips for her followers. With her easy-to-follow tutorials and relatable approach, she has become a go-to source for short hair inspo and advice. Love those pixies on her. Mm -hmm. Can't get enough. Um, Make sure you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with James Jamez Smith. Jamez is the owner and creative director of Hairteak Color and Design located in Philadelphia, the Roxborough section. Shout out to Philly. Kasha's from Philly. Jamez is from Philly. Yeah. They're taking over the podcast. This is crazy. (laughs) From precision and freeform haircutting to fashion-forward hair coloring and a natural talent for taking hair to the next level, he landed positions with the Lockney Hair Care at Deepa Squall Salon Systems, Patrick Bradley Team Hollywood, and Farouk Systems Creative Artistic Team. Now, Jamez is a member of the elite hair color organization, the American Board of Certified Hair Colorists. He's operating under its own education curriculum, providing advanced coloring, cutting, styling techniques, business building, and motivational speaking. Okay, latest on the talk, the tick of the talk, you've probably heard about lash lighting. A TikTok creator has been accused of lash lighting beauty fans with allegedly misleading reviews. Mm. And if I learned anything from my new friend, Kasha, Mm -hmm. it is that influencers out there better come with the authenticity. And we're here to call out 
that that is the real truth, right? Yeah. What do you know about lash lighting? <sighs> give me, give me the lowdown here. The lowdown on the lash lighting. Um, <laughs> this is pretty bad. So I don't follow this TikToker. The person in question is Michaela Noguera? Question mark. Um, who's been accused of putting on some falsies mm -hmm. as part of sponsored content, uh, which is obviously a no-go in terms of mm -mm. demonstrating product benefits. Um, that's a pretty bad situation that she's found herself in, mm -hmm. where people are identifying specific mm -hmm. screens in which you can see the new added lash. It's it's this is not great for her. Um, to your point, Kelly, Kasha brought it up. You can't do this and maintain trust. Mm -mm. And, and here is a perfect example of a content creator gone awry. Mm -hmm. um, you think you're pulling one over on people who helped to build up your platform. That doesn't fly. Right. And she's really reaping that as we speak. Right. I mean, how do you stay authentic and make money? Right. Is the question. Mm -hmm. And I think that I like to believe that they come hand in hand. But then when you see something like this, you're like, but wait a second. You know, they're saying like, I can see those falsies in there. And mm -hmm. those of us who are lash connoisseurs, mm -hmm, me, you know, you know, dang well uh -huh. that a mascara is not giving you that look. No, you're not pulling that on me. Nope. So don't even try. Yep. We wish her well. I'm sure she learned a interesting lesson or is it right? You know, then you, you think about who had their like brand or PR hats on. Mm -hmm. Maybe this was. Something in the plan all along. The plan all along. So, uh, you know, we got to look at both sides. We got to look at both sides. Uh, well, then they're geniuses. But who's going to take the hit? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like. Only time will tell. Mm -hmm. But lots to consider with this Lashgate. Uh, other things to consider. Thetease.com. Let's talk about what's trending on the site. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, Maven's core wig collection has three new texture options. If you've been toying with the idea of adding a new wig to your collection, we have a feeling that Maven's latest drop might inspire you to finally take the plunge. The Buzzy Wig and Extensions brand recently expanded their core wig line to include some of their most requested hair textures. Now consumers will be able to shop the brand's HD lace front wigs, standard lace fronts, and headband wigs in three new textures. Yaki Straight, Kinky Straight, and Waterwave. Head to the tees to take a closer look at all of the new texture options that are joining Maven's core wig collection right now. Kelly, yes. of these, mm -hmm. which is your favorite? Oh, hands down the Waterwave. I was going to say. So it's so fun. I mean, styling options, endless. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you're like, what is a Waterwave? It is the soft S shape and C shaped coils. So the texture can be worn wet, sleek, voluminous, fluffy. Great. Ugh. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous stunning so kudos to you maven like loving the new wig collection so good all right the musée des arts décoratifs and well company teen up for a new exhibit exploring hair and grooming hair lovers will have something extra exciting to look forward to this spring well company has partnered with the musée des arts décoratifs in paris on a brand new exhibition called des cheveux et des poils hair and hairs the exhibit, which runs from April 5th, 2023 to September 17th, will explore how hairstyles and grooming of human hair have contributed to the construction of appearance for centuries. Through the 600 works featured in the exhibit, dating from the 15th century to the present day, attendees will be able to explore the themes inherent in history of hairstyles, as well as questions related to facial and body hair. 
Head to thetees.com to learn more about this hair exhibition. Kelly, mm-hmm. are we booking tickets or what? Are we going to Paris? First of all, with you, yes, because I didn't know that you really spoke French. It's so weird to mix it in, but here we are. Yeah. What? Is this new? No. I didn't know this. Just a little. Oh my here we are. Well, I'm going with you. Let's do it. We're heading to Paris. We are going to said exhibit that I will not try to say the name, but I think this is absolutely beyond stunning. So cool. I love it so much. So kudos to our friends over at Wella on this one because... Ooh. And head to the tease because there's some exclusives. So there's a few featured artists that have done specific new works for this exhibition. It's Amazing. It's really cool stuff. So love this. And yeah, maybe we'll be in Paris in the spring. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, refresh your client's scalp with JPMS's new tea tree special detox collection. If you're a fan of John Paul Mitchell Systems' award-winning tea tree collection, we've got some good news. The brand recently expanded the collection to include a new line of special detox products. Consisting of two products formulated with skin balancing properties, the special detox range is sure to help hair professionals keep client scalps refreshed and their hair shiny. The special detox collection includes a tea tree special detox kombucha rinse, as well as a tea tree special foaming salt scrub. Formulated with apple cider vinegar and kombucha, the tea tree special detox kombucha rinse offers a natural method to reduce scalp buildup. Head to thetees.com to learn more about this collection. Kelly. Yes. These are, these are, t- I, I would not associate these ingredients Mm -hmm. with something that I'd want to put on my head, but here we are. Here we are. It's a whole new world. Mm -hmm. Detox is obviously incredibly important. Which of these two products would you seriously consider? We talking kombucha rinse or a sea salt scrub? So I think I need to use both of them from an efficacy standpoint, and I could be wrong, but I'm intrigued by both. I also think and have this little hunch that scalp care is going to be a big focus in 23. And so To me, I'm all over this. I think our scalps are something that we traditionally don't think about. I mean, we think about the pores on our face, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But why aren't we talking about our follicles and making sure that our scalps are clean to promote healthy hair growth? So I'm kind of into it. I'm totally into it. I'm going to try both. Okay. I'm weirded out (laughs) entirely. Um, So you can report back here on this very podcast about this. Okay. Um, Yeah. And see, I don't drink kombucha. So I'm not, I'm not mixing the two in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, as always, so much going on tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, Jeff's interview with Jemez Smith, the owner and creative director of Heritage Color and Design located in Philadelphia. I'm ready for it. Creatively inspired, self-expression derived, but healthy hair motivated are the words to best describe James Jamez Smith. With endless study and practice, he moved through the ranks from a junior stylist to the position of director of color education. Jamez is now the owner and creative director of Heritage Color and Design located in Philadelphia. From precision and freeform cutting to fashion forward hair coloring and a natural talent for taking hair to the next level, he landed positions with Lacme Hair Care at the Deepa Squall Salon Systems, Patrick Bradley Team Hollywood, and Farouk Systems Creative Artistic Team. He worked as a brand educator and platform artist for the listed hair color and styling brands, and Jamez is a member of the elite hair color organization, the American Board of Certified Hair Colorists. He provides advanced coloring, cutting, styling techniques, business building, and motivational speaking. His professionalism has allowed him to create looks for celebrities such as house music legend Crystal Waters, gospel recording artist Yana Crawley, actresses Rosario Dawson, and Cheryl Lee Ralph. The Cheryl Lee Ralph. 
We're huge fans and we can't wait for you to hear from him. All right. I am joined by Jamez Smith. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Um, today has been a busy day, but things are good. Can't complain. You know, 2023 has started and, you know, all the goals that we set in place should be in motion. So it's it's starting off pretty interesting right now. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Big things for Philly. Um, not everybody knows this. I know this. I know Jamez. Um, he's in Philly and the Eagles are doing big things. I'm not into sports, but I know that it's a big deal for the city. So congrats on top of all of the other things that are happening for 2023. That's a big deal. Thank you. <laughs> Go Eagles. Go Eagles. <laughs> all right, Jamez, let's get into it. Um, tell us about your background. How did you get started in beauty and hair? Um, how did I get started in beauty and hair? To be honest, to tell the truth, mm -hmm. please. I got dared. Yeah. Um, hair and beauty was, I mean, hair necessarily was not something that I sought after or anything like that. So what happened was um I had dropped out of college. Um, I was going in my freshman semester. Um, at the time it was called Philadelphia Textiles and Science, mm -hmm. which was a heavy fashion major college mm -hmm. and i went to freshman kind of like the orientation where they pair seniors that are on their way out with the incoming freshmen and i mean my peers had like portfolios and they had drawn out sketches i mean they were full-on ready to be like the next john galliano or carl lagerfeld mm -hmm. i mean lean like whoever whatever designer that you admire these kids were on it I came in there with an old scrapbook photo album with material because at that time, me going into school, there wasn't a major for what is now called fashion styling. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I dropped out. I got scared. I didn't go back. My parents was a little upset. Well, my mom was upset. My stepdad was just like, what are we going to do with you? And I was like, I don't know. But by this time, I kind of like moved out at this point. Mm -hmm. And I worked at a family salon, my aunt's salon, and I was the receptionist. She said, here, come here. You know, you can make a couple of dollars to so you figure out what you're going to do with your life. Yep. You already have an apartment. You got to you're an adult now. So I started working and me and the shampoo assistant that she had at the time did not see eye to eye. So we will always just rag on each other, yep. go back and talk and, you know, <laughs> nitpick and everything I did wrong. She pointed out everything she did wrong. I pointed out. And one particular night, um, the assistant was going out and my aunt was finishing up her last client but the shampoo assistant needed to leave so she had to do her own hair mm. and she was recreating a look that my aunt had did a previous week and i was just like that don't look nice mm -mm, i think you're doing that wrong and i just kept antagonizing her just i mean it was for fun it was young you know yeah yeah well over 20 something years ago and i was just like pushing the envelope and she was like, you act like you can do better. And I was like, I probably could. And I think I kind of put my foot in my mouth at that moment <laughs> because I never really did hair, never touched it. Yeah. But then, you know, helping out maybe lightly shampooing or something like that. And my aunt was just like, she chimed in and she finished her client was just like, oh, does this sound like a wager? And I'm just like, well, I don't lose bets. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was basically... We kind of did like this whole grab the piece of paper out the copy machine with a black Sharpie. If Jamez does this hairstyle great, Donna was her name, mm -hmm. loses her paycheck and vice versa. If he does a horrible job, Jamez loses his paycheck. Sure. And I'm like, oh, I'm not losing my money. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not losing my money. So what happened was I just picked up the curlers and just mimicked everything that I saw my aunt do because mm. the reception was close to her station and I, how she put her curlers in and how she took them out and how she blew them and mimic what I thought that she was doing mm-hmm. and behold, it, it came out. Okay. I mean, it wasn't the best, but I mean, for the first try, we, we wouldn't expect excellence, but okay. exactly. But to the point where I actually won the bet, I took her paycheck home, but I gave it back to her the next morning. I let her sweat a yeah. little bit, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, but in all in all, that moment made me realize, Hey, I can probably do this. Mm. And my mom was like, how did you learn this? I've been around you. When did you learn this? And I said, I guess just by watching you, you know, mm. and she started challenging me, asking me questions. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then, you know, we were getting into chemicals and I was helping her shampoo one day and I was like, why does the hair feel like this? What does this do? Mm-hmm. So she started breaking products to me and it just kept going and going. The ball kept going. And then uh, eventually I didn't tell her until I officially signed my papers to go to hair school. Wow. And voila, 20 years later. Just like that. Um, all right. So what was the process then like for you in beauty school? Um, I mean, it sounds like you had an awakening. You understood like, oh, I'm passionate about this. This is something that I want to pursue. Um, but that passion versus the education, mm-hmm. often a little bit different. So what was that experience like? Did you enjoy it? Do you look back fondly? Are you like, oh, that was a mess. I'm glad that's done. <laughs> what are your thoughts? My freshman year, so the school that I went to was an Aveda concept school. Mm. And at the time, it was very, very strict, very structured in a particular way with their culture and their curriculum because they breeded their students to go into their salons. And I came in with my little bit of experience. I felt like, and even my school kind of said at the time, the particular class that I was in, the freshman class, it seemed like everybody that was in that class was already privy to salon experiences, mm. whether it was family experiences or they already went to a Votech school and they're just getting more information going to cosmetology school. So my freshman year was the worst because I felt like I had the least experience in cosmetology school and I just tanked at everything. The only thing I got right was curling mm. and uh, kind of like styling, like some of the styling things like quaffing and teasing. Um, I didn't do a great job, but I got enough. My grades were good enough to pass. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, like I'm, I'm not. And it was also a culture difference because the school that I went to was predominantly straight hair and I'm coming from a texture background. Yeah. And I'm just like, Ugh. and my aunt was like, you didn't go there for nothing. Mm. You want to have to figure it out. And I just kind of just put my heads in it and talked to my teachers, like kind of like after class and pushed and pushed. And when it clicked, it clicked. By the time I got to the clinic floor of my junior, so it was freshman, junior one, junior two, senior. That was the order of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. About the time I got to junior two and on the clinic floor, I started to have like a little clientele. So all the things that I actually failed at freshman and the beginning part of junior one was my highest ranking scores about time I exited becoming a senior. And that was hair color and haircutting. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look at that. And 
honestly, these are now your signatures. So like, let's, let's get into that. I mean, <laughs> I know you, um, we met at the texture versus race summit in Baltimore a couple of months back. Um, and I was floored by a color transformation that you had done, um, as part of a presentation, um, with Joyco product, mm-hmm. like just like absolutely blown away. Um, and the cut was also mind blowing y'all. Um, we're going to drop the links to it. We'll make sure that you see what I'm referring to. Um, but how does that feel? I mean, you 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 said like these were your sort of weakest points, and and by the end they were where you were scoring the highest, and and now this is like what you're known for. Um, do you take pride in that? Like, how do you keep up those skills? I do, I do take pride in it. But um, as an individual, and you know, of course, I'm being transparent with this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I take pride in getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm but I'm always finding the flaws in it. So I take pride in it, but I don't fully glorify in it because I still see the flaws because I know what was here Mm -hmm. and it's translating from here to the person visually. So everyone else that's going to see it, you know, the client or the model or whatever I'm working on. So I I still struggle with that. And I, maybe that's just kind of like a a mental insecurity kind of sort of speak kind of thing. Um, but I'm always in a competition or trying to compete or raising the bar for myself mm-hmm. to get to whatever my next level is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do take pride in it, but I do struggle to push harder. Well, I mean, that pushing harder has served you well and has brought you to where you're at, uh, which includes being a salon owner. So talk to us about that experience. Um, it is one thing sort of going up through the ranks, having the experience of, you know, working with your aunt mm-hmm. to like doing it for yourself. So I'd love to hear, and I'm sure our listeners would love to know, like, what was that trajectory like? Did you always think you would go it alone? Like, I, I want to hear about that. Um, And all, honestly, I really thought that I was going to work for the family business for the rest of my career. Sure. But the Lord above said, I have a different plan for you. And all honestly, mm-hmm. and that's because of things that I talked with him guy, big guy upstairs. Mm-hmm. I talked with him a lot of different things, but also it was a shift that was happening. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately the family business and what I wanted to do wasn't that we were no longer meshing. Sure. And it was to the point where my influence was outweighing the boss's power. Mm. And that became a struggle. And I don't think her and I, my aunt, Mm -hmm. understood how that was supposed to work. So in a heated argument, we split. Mm. I worked at a few different salons. Um, One wasn't my favorite, but I stayed there out of convenience of nobody knew me there and I could just bring my clients in and I can just work and put my head down Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm coming from an an atmosphere that I grew into and we all grew together. The business expanded different locations, Mm -hmm. you know, just the prestige of it, how we grew, our clientele changed, our skill set changed. So it was like, I just kind of felt like I lost my support system in that. And I kind of shut down and just became a worker. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All I did was just get the heads done at home, you know, and I did that for a couple of years. And then I went to a a young lady salon and working with her was awesome. It was actually awesome. I honestly had no reason to leave outside of, I had already asked God for the opportunity Mm. because I still had things that I wanted to put into I had a vision that I want to put into place. 
And the only reason why I chose to leave her is because I needed to know whether the things that I was thinking and feeling were true. And can I make that happen? Mm. And so I had um, I had entered a, a it was a company, a new company called um, uh, Census. There are an Italian color line. And I met a gentleman that was like, hey, have you heard of Census? I was like, no, not familiar. He's like, I love your work. Why don't you come down for our educational training? We're training for uh, team leaders. And I'm just like, I don't necessarily want to work for you, but I mean, <laughs> it's free education. Why yeah, not yeah. learn? Yep. So I went down there and they had like an impromptu competition. They said, well, what you learned this week, we're going to give you a mannequin and just create something, whatever it is. And you have an opportunity to win a trip to Italy. Guess who won? Jamez. Yes, yes. Which was interesting because at that moment, I was talking to the salon that I was working at, the owner, and she was like, you can do this. If I can do this, you can do this. And she was really in my corner, Hmm. uh, like really helping me come out of that pitfall that I was in, right? Mm -hmm. And what I decided to do was look for spaces. I mean, I had shampoo bowls at my best friend's garage. I had styling chairs that I bought off of eBay. I mean, I was ready. I just needed the next opportunity and the right space. Mm. And the spaces that I was trying to get, it didn't connect. Like, I mean, I remember one time I got into a space where I literally talked to property management and told them I'll be back Saturday with all the paperwork that you need because I had it. Mm -hmm. I had all the proper paperwork and I said, I'll be back. I get paid on Saturday. So I'm going to come back with my money order, Mm -hmm. you know, and secure the space. I'm outside speaking with my contractor, like, what can we do to get me in and then work forward to make this happen? As me and the contractor are talking, I see a vehicle pull up. I see a young lady go in, blah, blah, blah. She comes out and gets in her car and pulls off. I go back into the 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 building where the space was talking to another friend who was a tenant. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, awesome. We gonna, we got, we've got great branding ideas we can do for each other, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the property manager comes over and said, oh my gosh, I thought you left. And I was like, no, I was outside. And I was like, I have some disappointing news. I just leased out the space. And I'm like, what? Uh, like, are you serious? Like, no, tell me you are playing a prank right now. Like, tell me you joking though. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, really, tell me you joking for real. And he was like, no, I she had no check ready. And and I was like, wow. I'm like, this is Thursday. I was coming Saturday. Mm-hmm. Finalize everything that we need to finalize. And when I tell you that hurt me so bad, and I had just came back. Um no, I'm sorry. I was just leaving to go to Italy the next weekend. Mm. So I went to Italy. I didn't feel the most happiest because of that experience. Sure. But I said, I'm just going to go. It's a free trip. I went to see the company's collection. When I got back, I was still in that funk, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just happened to be driving and I'm driving up this street and I ride past this space and I'm just like, Oh, I love those windows. Mm, that's nice. And so I kept thinking about the windows. I'm in Target. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Everybody goes to Target. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do my best thinking there sometimes. 
I'm in Target. I'm looking at the top because I have this thing where I guess my inspiration, like if they have a towel set up, mm-hmm. I'll look at the color combinations mm. and I'll be like, mm, can I duplicate that? I like how I like that palette. It makes sense. Let me see, you know, put that in my arsenal, take a picture, mm-hmm. you know, moving. So I'm coming back, same road, and I ride past it again and I traffic and I'm looking at the space and I'm like, I really love those windows. Wow, that'd be a nice salon. Small, but it'd be nice. And I'm looking at for lease to sign. And I said, all right, I'm, you know what? Let me just entertain myself right now. Sure. Yeah. And the property manager was like, yeah, sure. Come and take a look at it. You come see it tomorrow. And I'm like, tomorrow? I'm psycho. Okay. I took a lunch break from the salon I was at, which was eight minutes away. Came over, looked at it. And I was like, wow, this kind of feels like home. And um, me and him talked. The rent was a little bit more than what I budgeted for, but I really liked how the space was just quaint. It worked for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went and talked to one of my good friends. She's kind of like my accountability partner. And she's like, just do it. You don't know what's going to happen. So I filled out the application. They called me. This was on a Thursday. I filled it out Friday night, Tuesday morning. They called me and said, you know, we're considering you for the space. And I'm like, me? Considering? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, what needs to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, he remembered. I knew that you talked about the price was a concern. So, you know, these are our terms. And then I was just like, OK, I threw in a counter offer, gave them three options. They picked the latter of three and it was on and popping ever since. Woo! And, and, and it was just like it was meant for me to have that spot. Mm. Um, it's a small 750 square feet salon. It, sp- it spoke to me mm. and I got it. So that has been a journey transferring from being a stylist to now being responsible for a team. Mm -hmm. And it's so many T's and I's that you have to cross and dot. And I did not realize it until I'm in it with both feet. It's a great experience, but make sure you know what you're getting into. Because you got to take the hat on, take the hat off and put another hat on. Mm -hmm. So do you think that uh, based on what you've been saying, anybody could really be ready for it? It sounds a little bit like you don't know until you know. Um, Do you have any advice or or anything you'd say to somebody who's considering making the switch from being an independent stylist to or maybe like renting a space to becoming a salon owner? I'm going to say this and I've recently learned this. For anything that you want to do in life, make sure that you understand your why. Mm. When you understand your why and really break down your why, that will tell you the answer, whether it's really for you or for or not for you. You know, Mm. there's no other way to be able to understand that and be truthful and transparent with yourself. Like, what is the real reason why is it? I just want to get in this to make money because your angle of how you're going to project the business is going to be a little bit different as opposed to, no, I want to provide a a, a particular culture Mm -hmm. or a particular environment, um, or I just want to be my own boss. All of those translate different to the culture of how your, how your business is being structured. And then it also, also speaks to how detailed your paperwork behind the scenes go. I mean, whether you're going to be 1099s, W2s, mm-hmm. all of those particular things, do you have a budget for these particular things? Are you ready to pay taxes? 
whether you're in a suburban city area, rural area, what does what does that translate when it comes down on paper? Mm-hmm. What is your profit margin? What are you trying to get to? You know, what do you think the products that you use that are your favorite? Is it in your budget to be able to get your lighteners and your your color, whatever it is that you need to do your inventory for your business? So those are a lot of different hats and they speak very, very different, especially when you're a creative. Mm. There are some people that are very, very business minded. Yep. You have left brains and right brains, you know, and some people have the blessing to be able to balance both very easily. Yep. A lot of us struggle mm-hmm. on either side. Yep. So when you understand your why, it'll be a little bit easier to begin to go through your planning process. Mm. I'm not telling anybody you cannot do anything. You can do anything if you put your mind to it, but you really got to put your mind to it. Mm. Well, speaking to that intentionality, um, I think this is actually a really good segue into, again, I talked at the top of the podcast about how you and I connected, Mm -hmm. um, which is TVR. Um, So TVR and the summit um, is all about shifting the way that our industry is operating, um, opening spaces, challenging norms, um, and making it it better. Um, and somebody who's been spearheading that is our friend, Kia Neal. Tell us about the TVR most recent summit in Baltimore. So obviously, Kia has been on the podcast. We debriefed a little bit, she and I. Um, and I feel like there's so much there. Um, and But I'm curious. I, I'd love to understand from your perspective, like, how did you feel during, after, I mean, she and I talked a lot about how it's taken time to unpack and it's still changing, um, but that there was this energy um, that so much of us left with. Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear from your perspective, like, how did you find it? Um, so in attending other TVRs that she's had, this one was, I still say it when we have our group chats and things like that, like words cannot describe what happened that weekend? It it was really, I mean, I'm quite sure you expounded on it. I saw articles. I've seen other people write about it. I've heard conversations with manufacturers and companies, but you really had to be in that space to feel what was happening because it wasn't always, it, all of it was not good, right. a good feeling. Mm-hmm. It, it was not. And, that, and that's transferable between the artists between the creatives and the narratives that was happening in the room, but it was all needed. Mm. It was really, really a wow moment because people, I appreciated the event because people were super transparent about how they thought, what they believed things were versus what it was. And it was some people, some minds did not change, No, but I don't know if you remember the, uh, the the like bridgeway that went from the open area that was over mm-hmm. into the physical space that bridge. Yep. And I was one of the first people that went in to read all of the the post-its, those transparent post-its where she asked everyone to write down, you know, their biases mm-hmm. on the wall. You won't be judged, but so we can read them. And I was just blown away about how people think. Um, how they felt leaving the event, watching the um, all of the talents leave the event, not the, the teachers and educators. But when I say talent, I mean, everyone that mm-hmm. attended 
it was like a weight lifted. You've seen people smiling. You've seen people hugging. Um, you've seen people just engaging more social media wise. I mean, people were really receptive to what happened that weekend. The information, the techniques, um, the conversation. Mm. It was very involved, very involved. And it was so involved that we had a all of us, the the team, we had a whole separate conversation afterwards because mm. we were still taking in that moment. It was very, very different. And I, I've never experienced that on the, in that type of environment. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about then um, your experience of this industry. So separate from TBR and sort of how things are shaking out and how things will continue to change, I'd love to understand um, sort of where you find yourself within this space. Um, so within this industry, like how do you identify sort of where you're at, where you want to be? Um, competition is huge, as we know. Um, talk to us about like your thoughts about where you're at right now. Oh, this is a whole book. I know. Three part, 10 part series. Um, where am I at? Um, what I have learned over the past year to two years is be whoever you're going to be and own that space. Mm. And what that means to me is understanding your why. Mm-hmm. and understanding what does your why produce and and if you are confident in the why and what does the why produce own it don't look left don't look right focus on whatever it is that you want to do and i say that is because during that transition from leaving the family business mm-hmm. i felt like i lost my um my support system yeah but it was a lot happening. I mean, the salon was kind of, it was a, it was a nice size salon. And I had friends that were in the industry as well, that once we came to work together, it changed the dynamic of our friendship. And I mean, I was having fun at one point, right? I mean, I'm just living in my career. This is what I set out to do. I mean, I'm competing in Mm -hmm. different competitions. I'm trying to get into Naha. I'm trying to upgrade my my value when it comes down to uh, understanding the nuances of what that takes. Um, I mean, I'm meeting different people. I mean, I'm traveling overseas. Like I got a chance to go to Vidal Sassoon in London, Mahogany in London. Like I'm at the different shows. I'm traveling everywhere and I'm just living it up, soaking it up. Mm -hmm. Right. And because my friends were not privy to that particular level that I was pushing towards, Mm -hmm. it became, uh, a back and forth of you're doing too much. You think you know everything. You think that you're better. And for me, how I received it was, it was kind of like it became me versus them. So we were like competing for each, uh, competing against each other. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that way. Yes, we may have entered competitions together or whatever the case may be, but it's like at the end of the day, we're still friends or family mm-hmm. outside of what I pose to be good camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And I think walking away from that, what hurt me was in me having fun, embracing my career and pushing for what my next level is, I was hurting everybody else. Mm. And the dual fold to that 
is why I say stay focused on whatever you understand your why is because you're always going to offend someone. You're always going to hurt someone. Someone is, no one is ever going to agree, nor is everyone going to understand your vision. Mm. But if they truly love you and care for you, when it comes fully in light, either they're going to support you from a distance or they're going to believe you, but just sit back a little bit Mm. and allow you to do your thing. And that's what I mean of owning your space. You know what I mean? Because I I lost it. I lost it. I couldn't figure out what was going on. You know, I'm like, I'm hurt. I lost friends. I lost family. Mm -hmm. And I could not find my center. And I lost my focus, Mm. you know? And what was funny is I always wanted to compete in Naha because that was the first photo shoot for hairdressers by hairdressers that understood hairdressing right? Mm -hmm. In the business outside of doing editorial work and, you know, being a celebrity stylist or in TV and film, or just being, you know, uh, let's say corporate base salon with multiple locations. That was an accolade to get to. Mm -hmm. First person that I saw when I first picked up a magazine on the cover of that magazine was Christopher Benson. Legend. My gosh. So, That type of work, Mm. that magnitude of work always sat in the back of my head. So moving forward, that was always my challenge to mimic a lot of that type of artistry on that level. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I lost sight of that once I started to go through the pitfall when I felt like I lost my foundation. Mm. So I couldn't figure out what I was going, what I was doing, what it was just, I became a workhorse and lost that kind of creative edge, but I still had my strong clientele. Mm-hmm. I mean, I produce work, but it still didn't have that, you know, that, that you'd be like, oh, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And regardless of what that is, you know, to other people, you know, what, whatever their zhuzh is, whatever their, that makes them feel good. It, it could be a haircut. It can be textured hair. It can be blowouts. It could be silk presses. It can be blonding. It can be short hair, men's barbering, whatever, mm-hmm. it, whatever it is. I lost that. And, and it was starting to come back in conversations with Kia and just her pushing me out there to do different things. It, mm-hmm. it started all coming back like that good feeling. And at TVR, and, and I'm working on my model and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do, this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I do have an idea. And I'm like, who is this guy recording? <laughs> you and um, uh, one of... Adriana, yep. Yes. And I'm like, why is they recording me? But I'm not, because yeah. I'm focused on trying to complete this. And we were trying to leave everybody alone. So that was the other thing. We were not trying to intervene and ask what was going on. But And, and then and then Aaron is like, shut down is at three. You got to be ready. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. man, I've got four hours worth of color to do. I don't know. Yep. So I'm like working. I'm looking. I'm like, why is everybody? Because I'm in, in, engrossed in what's happening. I'm mm-hmm. fully invested in that moment. So I couldn't like really pay attention to everything that was happening. I just kept like, why is everybody looking? Like, what is going on? But anyway, let me keep it. So needs to say, I pushed forward. And right after I finished, right after I got off stage, you were outside and you said, you know, you you gave me accolades. And I, and I felt that and I felt so alive and appreciative. But the one thing that you said was like, have you ever competed? And nah, and I'm just like, he gets it. He get what my caliber of trying to produce. It makes sense. 
you got it. So kudos to you. And I thank you because that just kind of just opened me up to like, you still got it in you. And if that's your goal, get to it. Chase it. Chase it. No, for sure. Well, again, we are going to be linking out to this example that we keep referring to because it'll blow your mind. You absolutely should pursue all of the stuff that you're after. Um, we want big things for you. We know that you're going to get them. That's what says. Follow your fucking dreams. Excuse of no, we'll, we'll beep it out if we have to. <laughs> but that's the vibe. Um, that's the vibe for 2023 for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your creative work then. I mean, I think like you are inspired by your creativity you challenge yourself to 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 use it as much as possible but you are unique and that you're not willing to let that creativity compromise the integrity of your client's hair um, which i think is a huge differentiator um, and obviously quite important when you're working with textured hair mm -hmm. um talk to us about that like how do you maintain that balance you talked a lot about like finding your center and that focus mm -hmm. um so now that you're in that and you're in that purpose like how does it come together for you you gotta be real you gotta be truthful you gotta be truthful with you and your client mm. and your model and about the expectations because it's many a times that clients brought in a picture mm -hmm. and my coworker kia i don't she's which we probably do an interview with her too he is coming up kia sterling to be clear not kia neil sterling shout out to kia sterling incredible she'll be on the the podcast in the future hey kia sterling yep she taught me this trick a long time ago when a client pulls out a picture or pull out instagram or whatever social media or something mm -hmm. like that put your thumb over the person's face and ask them, do you still want this look? Mm. And 70% of the time that I don't want that. It's a no. Yeah. You want to be her. You, when you see that picture, you want that same feeling that you see when you look at that picture. You want that same emotion to be attached to you. Mm -hmm. So it's my job to filter through that and figure it out, mm. right now once we figure it out i gotta ask you the traditional norm yep what's your lifestyle like what do you do like if you're in corporate america i don't think i want to give you neon yellow highlights you know and if you do adamant about having it i had to make sure i put them in the right spot mm. you know what i mean then you know go through the traditional like what's your what's your hair story life like what it what is your day-to-day -day? um and then have a truthful conversation with, okay this come up with options mm -hmm. right because again like doing naha or doing photo shoot or editorial work or doing stage work sometimes that work does not translate to saying to an everyday consumer for sure you can zhuzh it up or you can scale it back mm -hmm. the technique or the patterns or you know placement rather can all be the same but your color choices have to be different mm -hmm. your style choices have to fit the person because you want it to be you want the person to feel open and embrace whatever that look is whether they're transitioning from wearing straighter hair to their quaffs and curls mm -hmm. or they're transitioning from curls to straight whatever the case may be you want them to wear it feel it and own it as opposed to it wearing them mm. and that's a that's a very big component that sometimes as creatives we're so focused on everything here mm -hmm. not making sure that it connects here and here Oof. you guys this is a audio medium but the video you should find it find it on youtube find it on our instagram see what jimez just did um with his hands that's a that's a big mood i feel that um but let's talk about an example of your work that is a little bit more 
abstract avant-garde editorial than anything else not super practical uh, but something that stuck out to us um so this is i'm gonna stop for a sec you have access to this picture of the black background with the like jellyfish cut blonde with like the oh you know what we're talking about oh yes yes i think she sent it to me in an email yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yep we want to talk about this one so what, what we'll do in post-production is like we'll throw it up on screen for the video okay. and then like we'll include it for you know, probably in our social promo there's this one look on your instagram that we are obsessed with um again it's going to be here like everybody can see it if you're watching us on youtube or on instagram if you're not go and search it out uh talk to us about how this came together because this is incredible so this particular look was not a planned look and I don't know if you actually see it on my Instagram. There are three shots, mm -hmm. three background. But when I planned the shoot, it was inspired by a, a brand, a particular brand that had just released their particular product line. I don't want to get into detail of it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, we don't need to plug them. I wanted to do my own. I'm challenging myself. This is that challenging period. It's like, have fun. Yep. And I got my team. Like I had my set photographer. I had my makeup artist. I had my muses that I use all the time. Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all, this is what I want to do. Okay. Everybody was on board, but I only planned for two looks. Mm -hmm. That was the redhead and the blonde. I didn't plan for the platinum. Mm -hmm. So once I finished the shoot, I'm looking at my photographer and he's like, something's missing i'm like what what is missing i just did all this I just all yeah yeah what are you talking about yep, yep. I, just did all this, I just did all this bro like what's going on like i really just put my thing in this and that shoot was in 2012 mm. 2012 i just put my thing down what are you talking about missing he was like i think it should be a collection and then it hit me it was like most collections that are presented, it's always in three. It's always mm -hmm. traditionally the standard norm is short, medium, and long. I had long, I had medium, I didn't have like a short. And my cousin, who was also my muse, I had just cut her hair off previously. Mm. And I'm like, I gotta make this happy. He's like, can you get somebody here tomorrow and figure it out? This was on a Monday night. Tuesday morning, I'm ordering, trying to find wigs and I'm ordering hair color. Like I'm in the beauty supply store, like yep. trying to make this happen. I'm like, cousin, I need you. What do you want me to do now? You always want me to do something. <laughs> just like, please, please. I just got to complete this look. So I talked to my makeup artist. She was like, all right, I got, I can, I remember everything that I did and we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I started coloring hair. I didn't know what is what, I didn't know what the cut was going to look like. I did not I just mm -hmm. went bananas. Like it was one of the, oh shit, excuse my language. This worked. Mm -hmm. So being as though the other two models the previous day shot together, most of her shots were by herself. And so if you ever see a shot with all three models, the one is cropped in. Mm -hmm. And I did, really did not have an inspiration for that. I just kind of just looked at it and I was like, how can I really push the envelope on this and so mm. when i made the wig i was like i love these colors let me make this happen i did it right mm. but i wasn't sure if they cut mm. so it was a all long wig but i wasn't sure was, was what i was doing with the cut mm -hmm. i just knew that i had color and i needed to place it somewhere so now i'm like cutting and <laughs> making work 
And it, it honestly, it really came together. There is no like, oh, I was on the, I was on the grease aisles of the land. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, it honestly, I just pull whatever I was in the moment, in that moment, that was, that was a creative moment. Mm. And I worked that look so I couldn't work it no more. Uh, well, I mean, and it transcends. So all these years later, like this is something that stands out. It's on your site. Like uh, this is one we wanted to comment on. Um, again, like Jemez is, is a genius. Like there, there's no getting around it. Like color, but all of it, um, the whole package comes together. So again, we're huge fans on the tees here on the Volume Up podcast. Um, Jemez, before we get into our quick takes, um, mm. I want to know, like, what's what's next? Like, what is in the sites for 2023 and beyond for you? Um, in the sites for 2023, I really wanted to understand, remember, going back to that why, because mm-hmm. I've always been involved in education. I was in, involved in education before I had a, a book and a book, a full book in a salon. So I was teaching or assisting and backstage assisting for shows um, for manufacturers long before I had a full three or four day book in a salon. And so education has always kind of been ingrained in me from the beginning. And I question a lot, should I be educated? Because there's so many, so much talent out here, so much information. Mm -hmm. And these people are amazing. Like I go to anybody class that I think is interesting. I'll sit in a class or, you know, I'll jump in their webinar. And because I'm a sponge, I can learn from anybody and anything. But a lot of my peers and friends asking, always ask me, well, when is your next class? When are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, huh, maybe I should go down this road for education. But I got lost in the way of, is a difference. People don't separate the difference between an influencer and an educator. Mm. And so they're all mm. kind of fused together. And I, I don't consider myself an influencer. I'm not a social media person like mm-hmm. i had to ask you how do i get this video that you posted of me you know because that i know nobody needs to know that but <laughs> but i know what you need i know what you mean um and and that's that, that comes through i mean like you are an educator and you've got so much knowledge wisdom to impart so how is that coming together um i'm working at it as we speak okay okay Literally as we speak like i have a bunch of one-on-one sessions um i just did something i'm in new york I know that there's going to be big things and we're going to be checking in on you. Um, so do me a favor, plug yourself. Where can people who are listening before we get into our quick takes and wrap, where can they find you? How could they book with you if they were interested, if they're in Philly or they want to come through? Hey, tell us everything. Sure. So you, everybody can reach me at um, on Instagram. My handle is I am the letter J moving to the letter M E Z Smith. Jamez Smith, just no A, um, on Instagram, um, also on Facebook, Jamez Smith. Um, you can also go to www.jamezsmith.com. Um, and then also my salon, uh, which is Hair Tea Color and Design, LLC. Um, we are colorandesign.com, hairteacolorandesign.com, and also on Facebook. So just Google, just Google me. <laughs> yeah, just Google. Plus, we've gonna we're gonna put all of those links in the show notes to this podcast, so y'all can just go through, click, make it happen, follow, rate, review, all of those things. All right, Jamez, we're gonna do our quick takes before we leave you to go and do all of the stuff that you've been doing that we are keeping you from. The questions that we ask are the same the ones that we ask of all of our podcast guests. So, looking forward to hearing what you have to say. 
Okay. The first question that we have is what was your first ever beauty product, hair, beauty, whatever that you remember getting for yourself? Buying for myself or giving to me? Oh, it could be given. Okay. As long as it's like a formative memory of a beauty product. <laughs> I want to know what that is. Um, my honestly, my very first beauty product was a product that my aunt gave me. It was by Essations, a product line called Essations, and it was this cream moisture press stuff. And before I got good with silk presses, she wanted to make sure that I understood the process of straightening hair and how to curl it. Mm-hmm. And I worked that product till I could not work that product no more to the point where it's just like, I don't even like this product anymore. Um, I mean, in smoothing with ponytails, laying flyaways down, curl it, create sculpture curls with it. Yeah, that was my very first product. Jamez, are you superstitious? And if so, about what? Unfortunately, um, I used to be like the traditional don't split the pole. Whoever is the oldest is going to get the bad luck. Step on a crack, break your mama's back. No black cats and all that. But mm-hmm. um, I'm a believer now. Um, so the superstitions doesn't really push me the way that they've done previously. So, OK. All right. Uh, who would play you in a biopic of your life? Oh, that's a good question. As an adult, any any point, you tell me. As an adult, I definitely would want Will Smith. Okay, some kind of way. Um, I was yeah, I would say I would say Will Smith, even though he's older than me. But I mean, hey, Will Will trans. Let him know. <laughs> yeah, you know he tra- he transforming characters. He transformed characters. I could see it. I actually live around the corner from where his grandma used to live. So, Ugh. yeah, Philly, 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 Philly. Okay. Um, what do you consider the ultimate comfort food? Ultimate comfort food? Yep. That's a very tricky question. And the reason why that I say that is it all depends on the mood that I need. Oh, for sure. No, that's impossible. But but think, give me something. Believe it or not, I balance between soul food. Mm-hmm. And when I say soul food, we're talking about fried chicken, fried fish, macaroni and cheese, candy yams, fried cabbage. I don't like collards. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose my black card to my people, but I don't like collard greens. But anyway, um, but that is potato salad. Those things resonate with me. Like mm-hmm. I can eat that at least three to five times out of the week. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but. I do have a soft spot for pasta and going to Rome twice. Well, going to Italy twice. I had a whole different experience of what uh, the Italian cuisine is like. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah, very spoiled. I was going to ask you if you had like your eat, pray, love moment when you were when you were there. But it sounded like you were not not in a good place the, the first trip. But I still had a good time. I mean, the food was amazing. I got really introduced to the whole gelato thing. I think every time I went, every time I turned the corner, I think I just yeah. went and grabbed one. I want that. I mean, <laughs> every flavor, uh, caramel de leche to raspberry. I think every time I made a stop coming out of a store, it was a gelato place and I was grabbing one. Absolutely amazing. But the the pasta quality was totally different over there as opposed to here. And it's like, mm. even here, I still love it. So I do have a soft spot on my side for, you know, that good Italian food. Okay. All right. This is our last question and possibly the most important. Um, it is you're on a deserted island. 
you can only bring three things, only three things with you, but like, you're not going to die. This is not like a, you need to worry about water and like sunblock and like, we're, we're good, but. Okay. All right. Cause I was going to ask. No, no, no. The, the, the essentials are covered. Okay. So like beauty product, hair product, the things that like you need to keep yourself together. What are those three things? Let us know. Well, I can tell you right now, doesn't matter whether it's curly or straight silk press, um, keeping texture in whatever is Redkins One United leave-in conditioner. Mm. I have to have it. I cannot live without it. I don't know what's in it. Well, I technically <laughs> know what's in it. Yeah, you know but, what's in it. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, I have to have it. Um, some people don't like it for those who are a little bit more natural and like you know things that are you know has less ingredient count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this product, it works. It works. That's all I can say. It works for me. Okay. So one, one, we're down. All right. Two more. Um, the second thing would be um, Kenra's Polish Silkening Gloss. The reflection, the softness serum that gives to the hair. Um, on my curly girls, I have to use it on certain textures. I can't use it on every texture because it isn't hydrating enough or it doesn't still as much moisture as possible because obviously the hair already has to be hydrated. Yeah. Um, and then coupling with that will be um, Mazzani's uh, Raincoat uh, Thermal Serum, Thermal Smooth Serum. They go hand in hand. All three of those products, I'm going to do some hair. <laughs> I'd love to see it um, on that deserted island. All right, Jamez Smith, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, for your time, for sharing so much of your story. I feel like a lot of our listeners are going to resonate with that journey that you had gone on, um, well, several journeys, um, but especially towards the salon ownership. Um, I feel like there were some real gems in there. Um, but again, cannot thank you enough. We know big things are in store for you. Big things have already happened, but they're going to keep happening. Um, as I said, all of Jimez's socials, his salon, et cetera, in the show notes. So go go ahead and do yourselves a favor. Make sure to follow, get in touch. Um, Jimez, thank you so much again. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you to the T's. Thank you to Volume Up Podcast. Thank you to you, Jeffrey, uh, just believing in me and just seeing seeing something. And um, I'm grateful and honored that you guys have me on. I hope uh, the ducats, uh, the information, the nuggets and ducats are good for the people because um, they're genuine, they're true. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pulled me. They pulled me through a lot of things in this business. I've been doing hair for 20 years, going over 20 years now, and they're tried and true. Mm. And here's to 20 more. All right, Jeff. So from Lackney Hair Care to Deep Esquale Salon Systems, I mean, Farouk and so on, he's done some amazing work. Truly. What a story. What a story. What a guy. Um, I feel like people are really going to appreciate the depths that he went to in terms of describing getting at your why and how he's explored pursuing his. And I I just, I loved chatting with Jamez and we're such fans of his work. Mm -hmm. As we said on the pod, in the interview, we're going to be plugging it. So look to our socials. If you're not following Jamez already, we are going to be posting lots of content um, from his portfolio. It's, it's beautiful. So big fans, glad he was on the pod. Glad he was on. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song, and thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode. 